Hi, welcome to valuationpodcast.com, a podcast and video series on all things pertaining to business valuations. I'm Melissa Gregg, a financial expert witness in St. Louis. I have the pleasure today of discussing uh, divorce and court and trials with Randy Kessler. He is actually a high profile divorce lawyer in Atlanta, Georgia for over 30 years. He has uh, founded and is a partner in KS Family Law, a 30-person family law firm in Atlanta. Um, And he represents some very interesting people, entertainers, athletes. Um, He's handled some cases that you probably have heard of, The Real Housewife, NeNe Leakes, um, Evander Holyfield, Ludacris, Usher, and even Michael Jordan. Wow. You know, we're all watching The Last Dance right now. So we're on the other side of that one, but you know, who's, who's okay. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> he also has written a book called Divorce, Protect Yourself, Your Kids, and Your Future. Um, you can actually get that at divorce pro, uh, divorceprotectyourself.com. He was the former chair of the family law section of the American Bar Association. Uh, He's a current professor at Emory Law School, which we will talk about. Um, And he has also created a new app and website called starsona.com, which actually provides personal videos from stars to their fans, which is very interesting. Um, One of the really cool things is that Randy has actually reached this highly regarded status on LinkedIn called an influencer with over 425,000 followers. That's pretty impressive. Welcome, Randy. We're so lucky to have you. Wow. Thank you for that intro. If we have any time left, that was amazing. (laughs) Well, we're actually going to talk about a pretty fun topic, I think, at least for you and I, um, you know, about the future of divorce court or divorce litigation. Um, so you actually wrote an article for law.com titled trial by zoom. We've right. begun a new era and I really liked the article. Um, but it was about the final exam for Emory law school and it was a jury trial class and it was a divorce case. So how did the students actually, how were they able to simulate a real trial? Like what were some of the specifics? How did this work? Well, first of all, Melissa, thank you for having me on. This it's flattering to be asked to be on, and I always love seeing you. I'd rather see you in person, but you know, Zoom and, and internet ain't so bad. Um, so to set it up for you all, in Georgia, we sometimes do trials by by a jury for divorce. Everyone has the the choice. They can say, "I want a jury trial to divide the money," and every now and then it happens. Um, not a lot. I've done thirty or forty over thirty years, so it's not that many yet. Can you imagine doing a divorce case by jury? So what we do at every law school is we teach jury trials and the students, the first week they do their practice opening statements. And then the next week it's direct exam. And then they, we actually have real business valuation experts, legitimate ones that we use in court, come in and and talk to the students about how they work and how they can help the students or help the lawyers. And then they practice cross-examining and direct examining the business valuation and, and their report. And then the final trial every year is actually in a courthouse and it's a divorce mm-hmm. fact pattern. So we go down to the Fulton County or the Cap County courthouse. There are four dockets, you know, two students representing mom, two students representing dad and a judge and a bailiff and the judge and the bailiff grade them. And we do the whole trial. We have high school students or senior citizens as jurors 
And the students at this point were really disappointed. Of course, we all were that they weren't going to get to have their final trials, mm. but they had them. Now, we didn't use jurors because it would have been too complicated, but we had Emory technicians on standby in case something happened that went wrong. But each of the four dockets had a real judge, a real professor, and four students trying their entire case. And it was great, not just because of what the students learned, but what we learned and what the judges learned. And, and the first thing that we learned is you can do it. You can present evidence. And then we started to count the benefits and the disadvantages and the benefits way outweighed the disadvantages. Yeah. Yes, we'll talk later, I'm sure, about how being in person is much better for a lot of reasons and judging and gauging somebody's demeanor is better. But, I mean, I could start listening and we'd be here all day, Melissa, if I talk to you about the idea that, for instance, objections. The way we objected, students didn't have to yell and, and jump up and scream and get the judge's attention. They just raised a paddle or a sheet that said, objection, they held it right to the screen. If the judge wasn't paying attention, say, your honor, and the judge would look up and see objection and stop everything. Much more polite, much more well, polite. And I think that, you know, I think that we understand a lot of the benefits from an efficiency standpoint, like as an expert witness, we, sure. could, we could come in nine o'clock docket, but three other things have to be heard. So now it's 1030, 11 o'clock. And then Absolutely. maybe we get on the stand, maybe not, but then everybody gets hungry. So then we got to leave at noon and come back at one. And I mean, it's so much going on that if... And you're kind of just kind of tied up for the entire day, of course, charging your client, right? And you really maybe only testify two, three, four, five hours, but you're there for all day. You know, I think that's yeah. one of the benefits Ooh. I've seen. Let's keep going. Or the lawyers, they switch courtrooms because the judge has to yield the courtroom to a bigger case. And the lawyer forgets to tell you which courtroom to meet in. Or your report is... 14 volumes and you have to bring it up the elevator and the elevator is crowded and you can't use the stairs. Well, we preloaded all the evidence. So all we'd have to say is, Your Honor, I'd like to pull up exhibit 32A and share it on the screen. And there it is. Right. And we didn't have to make copies and we didn't have to break our back bringing it up. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of benefits. That's true. Because you, then you, you have people that are like, go to exhibit 32 and you open up the book, there's no exhibit. And you're like, really? Okay. Right. This is this is not working. But and you need to make copies for everybody usually. So it's not just your copy. It's the judge and the judge's assistant and the lawyer and the lawyer and the opposing counsel. The client needs to say, me too. I need to see a copy. And right. you know, you're paralegal. You want them to follow. So it was so much easier that way. Well, um, and, and I think that the other, you know, some of the other issues is that you get to court. Everybody's prepared. Everybody's ready to go. And then something happens or the judge isn't there. And then you've done all of these things and you actually are not even going to go to trial that day. Um, I think that those, you know, like from an efficiency standpoint, I think everybody, the courts, the attorneys, the experts all believe that this is the way to go. But I think that there are also some of the difficulties, you know, with, how do we really facilitate that? Now, a jury trial, completely different, right? But divorce court, we're usually judge and two attorneys, two clients. I mean, it's not like what everybody thinks on TV. There's not a packed courtroom, right. you know, um, there's a handful of people. And so why not do it in that aspect? You know, what do you think are some of the 
problems that people are are already going to sense. Well, I'm thinking big. I'm thinking jury trials are going to happen. So if a jury trial can happen, like you said, divorce, you know, basically an administrative hearing with a judge, you know, you think of jury trials sooner or later, if every juror, potential juror has a device or we can make available a Wi-Fi room the juror can go to, you might have people saying, well, I'm a criminal defendant and I'm entitled to a jury, but I'm going to sit in jail for two years unless I agree to do a jury by Zoom. So when there's, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. So if they're thinking about those things, certainly we can figure out the, th the issues you're talking about. You know, how can you not do it by Zoom? How can you not get on the camera and say, you know what, Your Honor, we're going to do this. And guess what? Even if the problems you mentioned was to happen, the judge has another trial or a family emergency. At least I didn't get in my car, put my stuff in, drive downtown, go through security, get on the elevator, unpack my bags. If the judge says we're going to have to come back tomorrow, I take my tie off, I take my suit off, and I jump back in my bed, you know, or I do yeah. whatever I want to do. So it, nothing's as, as bad as first blush. There are those issues, though. You know, what happens when people cheat? Someone is texting their client what to say during the testimony. Well, I mean, we have that problem now. People could be whispering or, you know, yes for right, right ear. No, you know, there'll have to be regulations and punishments and penalties and trust issues. Um, and maybe there'll be a backup camera that shows what you're doing with your hands if you've got a reputation for cheating. And, you know, so I haven't figured all that stuff out and nobody has yet. But the benefits have to outweigh the disadvantages. The fact that we could have, I had two um, hearings last week. That's not a big deal to do two in one day. You know, we've done them. You've, you've had to do two in one day. But in Georgia, we have a lot of different counties. I had one in Fulton County in the morning and one in Gwinnett County in the afternoon. And I was finished the one in Fulton County at 9.45. And at 10.30, I was at the one in Gwinnett County because you're everywhere by the internet. So you can be much more mobile. You can get a lot more done. But you bring up a good point that if you give people the option of doing like a Zoom, you know, because not every case is so complex. And they still, you know, if you gave people the option of saying you can do Zoom and you can have a trial in July or you do in person and your trial's not till December, you're going to have a ton of people that do that. I My concern, though, is also for just the court system in general. Um, you know, like I get clients that are calling me all the time and they're like, uh, divorce court's going to open up soon and we're going to file and we need to get ready. And I'm thinking, okay, the court's not really closed. Right. Like, what are some misconceptions that people have right now that, that things are closed and is Georgia divorce courts closed right now? Or can you file divorce papers like right now? Yeah. You made me think of something. I'm not going to forget it. Okay. But, um, actually I'm going to say it before I forget yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I never thought about this until just now. You made me think of this, Melissa. You know, courts sometimes cancel and then you got to reschedule and come back. And sometimes the courts put four or five cases down because they afraid, they're afraid they'll get to work. The judge will get to work and the case will settle and they won't have anything to do. And the taxpayers right. are paying them. So they have two, three, four cases get ready. Sometimes judges say, can you be a backup case? And so if my case settles, you guys can come down here in a few hours. I'm now guessing or prognosticating the courts will allow us to be on Zoom backup saying, if you really need a hearing soon, I don't have any time for the next six weeks, but if you're willing to be available on two hours notice, when one of my cases settles, I will email everybody. And if you all can jump on a, 
camera, we can get it done and you can fill in my two hours that I found available from 10 o'clock till noon. So that's another benefit. I didn't think about that. I'm sorry to. to oh, yeah. I mean, I think the scheduling is going to be amazing because right now, I don't know about your court system, but right now, like we could all be ready to go to, to start court and then somebody comes in and they get back into chambers and they have to have a conversation and we're on pause. And and half the time we're sitting around being like, Do, does anybody know when we're going? And you're billing the poor client who has to pay for that. Now you don't have to worry about that. The client can get a better uh, bang for their buck. Yeah, no. Court's and at nine, court's over at 10. No driving home, no talking to the client in the hallway, no running into your friends and having to charge the client because you can't get home to do your other work. Um, none of those issues. But, well, but had- and like high net worth divorces, I mean, usually are complex, right? Because there's a lot of things going on, but not always are they co- like, sometimes it's just big dollars. It may not be huge complexity. It could have been that they settled most of the issues prior, right? We all work hard to settle it, but it's like one thing that they can't come to agreement. Either it's maintenance or a child custody issue. Um, You're hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> you know, I mean, and sometimes people just need to be heard. And look, we've had that. We've had a, a, a professional athlete and there was a $40 million state and the first mediation we settled 2020. Four mediations later, we got everything done except for one who made the decision on extracurriculars. And we had to have a hearing on that because they just couldn't reach that last agreement. Sometimes people need to be heard and they need someone to put their foot down. And if you can just get 30 minutes with a judge who will look at them and say, you guys can fight about this, but this is what I'm going to do. You can either go settle it or you can argue for the next two hours, but you better have something better than what your lawyers told me you have. And you know that kind of pretrial conference thing, it's more effective when you really see the judge and hear from the judge and your client can see too. And, and the judge can have more of an effect wearing the robe saying, I'll hear it. I'll be fair. But right. you better have better evidence than just, you know, um, what Ms. Gregg told me is the evidence in this case. Because if, if that's the evidence, you're going to get what they're offering, and I'm not going to award anymore. Right, right. No, I agree. You know, you asked me if the courts are closing, um, and I didn't mean to skirt that. I just didn't want to forget my answer to the other thing. They never closed. Right. right? We always had courts open. First, there were some, some you know, judges that were on the forefront, the cutting edge, that said, let's do a conference call. And we've been doing conference calls for years. Let's put a camera on and do it by Zoom or FaceTime or Google Duo. Well, now they're passing rules. Georgia just passed a superior court rule that allows hearings, not final trials, but hearings by Zoom. Um, So even if you don't agree, judges can make you do that. So it's happening. So people that call you and me that say, well, I guess the courts are opening. Can we get a divorce now? You could have gotten a divorce last week. You might not have gotten a final trial yet. But how many cases actually go to final trial anyway? The work you're doing, the valuation stuff, that's going on anyway. The lawyering, the negotiating, the posturing, the gathering the information, that's going on. Final trials are always in the distant future anyway. We don't wait to file a case until we know we have a court date. You file when somebody needs a divorce and you hope you get a court date soon. And sometimes it takes two years and sometimes it takes two months. Not much difference here except the final trial. Someone wants to delay it. They could probably put it off for a while, but sooner or later, the judge is going to get wind of it and say, you know what, we're getting on a camera and we're going to get this thing done. Well, and that's what I feel like could be one of the issues if, if, you know, like, let's say I don't really want to get divorced. And so now we're all on camera, we're at trial and, oh, 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 I can't hear you. Or, oh, my camera's not working. Or, 
you know, in some cases, I've even heard attorneys say, we're concerned about who else is in the room, because you don't know if, if right now I have an audience of 10 people in the room, or if it's just me. And, and what if I just am, am sick of, you know, because everybody just gets at the, at the time that you actually get to trial, everybody is sick of the process, right? Yeah. The clients are done. And what if they're on camera and you have one client that's that's like fakes basically that they don't have good internet or they their my computer died you know that's the only thing that i see as a real issue in stopping some of the process but you know there are fixes for that i had a client that had a you know a heart attack in court and you know judge thought he was faking it i don't know if he was faking it out the ambulance came and took him out he was a doctor faced with going to jail. So same concept, you know, people can do the True. same stuff, but sooner or later, the truth does come out and people that do that kind of stuff get found out. And do you really want to be the person that gets caught doing that? If you get caught doing that and they have an IT expert come out and prove that your internet was working fine, then you're really risking a lot. It's not, it's not necessarily worth the risk to some people, but you know, maybe the other thing is the feedback, you know, there's something different. How did my argument affect the judge? Did I see the other side wince? I didn't get to see how the other side's reacting uh, because I didn't see their face on the screen when I was talking. It, it makes me think one thing that probably will never be successful on Zoom is uh, stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't know if the audience is laughing, right? You, you mm -hmm. tell a joke and, and you think you're playing to an empty room. So uh, you well, do need that, that feedback. That was one of the um, questions that I had is, you know, I think that what everybody is is concerned about it, and I hear this from divorce attorneys and these online trials, it's about the psychology of the trial process. You know, we go in there and it's a performance for, for all intents and purposes. Now, when we see each other in the hallways, I know all the other experts, I know all the attorneys, I know the judges, and so do you. And we're all like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And the clients enter and we're like, I will see you in court, you know, and for me, the psychology is watching the judge, right? I don't necessarily care how hard an attorney comes for me because I'm, half the time I'm not even looking at them. Like I'm just looking at the judge and like if I see that mm, face or the, the, you know, it's usually the furrowed brow right. that I'm like, okay, I need to say it again in another way. Um, but I think that that's what is going to be hard for some people. It's just that, it, especially if you've done your whole career, having kind of a litigation process, you know, you're right. I mean, you bring up two points. One is, you know, we're all self-aware. Maybe judges that make furrowed brows or roll their eyes will see themselves and say, uh oh, I shouldn't do that. And maybe lawyers will see, oh, my tie's not correct. You know, you, we should become more self-aware. But what you're saying is absolutely right. I mean, clients pay me and you to tell their story. You know, they've lived this horrible life. They've been a victim for the last 30 years. They paid us a lot of money to march into court and explain to the judge what's been done to them. And I've got to put on the show and, and I've got to do it authentically. But they want their lawyer to be impressive. They want their lawyer to be well-dressed. They want their lawyer to have the best computer, the best staff, the best arguments, the best, you know, written briefs. And you lose some of that on Zoom. And what about... Younger lawyers may have the advantage. Younger lawyer has a better internet connection or knows how to manipulate the process and knows how to get the ring light so that they're lit up better than the other side who's in a dark room because they don't want their spouse to hear and they're in the basement. You know, there are a whole bunch of different issues. Um, people that are more comfortable 
on camera, like on social media, the TikTokers may rule the world. Oh, yeah. The best litigators may be the best TikTokers of you know of today. So it's a change, it's an evolution. But you know, and we started this talking about my law school class, and I had to encourage them and make them not feel so bad. And I told them when I came out of law school, there was a whole new evidence code. So I started with the new evidence code, but the older lawyers were upset. They had to learn all the new statutes and the new numbers. They're coming out of law school today. Granted, the job market is harder, but they know how to use technology. And I'm an older lawyer. And if I have a young lawyer that knows how to make sure my Zoom works and everything else goes flawlessly, and they're, they're not weirded out by having to try a whole case electronically, they've got an advantage over their opponents. I mean, it's, it's something new, and it is new litigation. Like it or not, I mean, it's here to stay. It's more efficient. And then you start counting the benefits if you're in government, if you're in the judicial system, if you're a court administrator. Wow, I don't need the bailiff to be there today because nobody's in person. I don't have to worry about this family violence case where we got to keep the parties separated. I don't have to worry about someone getting lost in traffic and us having to start late. I mean, there are all these good reasons from a court administrative uh, perspective to do virtual hearings and virtual trials and virtual conferences. It's just, you know, the more you think about it, the more you start to realize, why haven't we been doing this all along? Granted, there wasn't the technology, you couldn't have the flawless video and, and it's gonna get better, right? 5G, 6G, 7G, it's gonna oh, be yeah. real time. It, it oh, can't, yeah. Well, and I think that even, I mean, if you look at Zoom, if you look at GoToMeeting or any of those, we could have all of the cameras, but you could also be sharing your screen. And instead of everybody looking for exhibit 54 or 23, then they can look for, you can just say, here's the exhibit, you know, like from, from my standpoint as an expert witness, it's going to be phenomenal because instead of saying, you know, what number are they looking at on the sheet, right? I can point exactly to it like a whiteboard. I can highlight things. I mean, all of that stuff, people didn't do as much because it was like laborious to even have that available. Yeah, imagine the quote from the deposition that you want to show to everybody. Not just is it easier, it, it is more impressive. And I'll tell you a quick story. We had a jury trial against Evander Holyfield years ago, and he had, it was his best year. And he was made he made $40 million in two different fights. And the courtroom had just invented or just um, bought this thing called an Elmo. Nobody knew what it was. And they just put in screens. And, and this was a jury trial. So the thing is, you put something on the screen, and all of a sudden it shows up on 12 jurors' screens, on each witness's screen, above the judge, above the witness. And we put his income from his budget on the Elmo. And all of a sudden, it was in everybody's face. And this is the same thing. You want to make sure somebody sees something. Criminal trials. Talk about right. a, a literal smoking gun. You know, juries crane their head. Was that the gun when they pull the gun out of the, the paper and they show and they tag it with exhibit 45A? Well, you put that right here. I mean, you're actually looking at the thing that, that killed somebody. You're looking at the document. You're looking at the paycheck. You're looking at a W-2 where the guy makes more money in a month than anybody in the room makes in 10 years. And oh yeah. How how much how, how much more powerful can you get than that? And I think it's going to be, you know, literally it's going to take people practicing. It's going to take people testing this out and and kind of being forced to. In my mind, this change is happening probably 3 to 5 years sooner than I expected. You know, so I saw it coming. I think we all saw it coming. It, it had to. 
But this crisis and this time is kind of creating it so that, that we have to do it. Now, perception is everything. Just like you said, your clients see, you know, so if I'm fumbling around and I don't know oh, what what is a camera over here is a camera, you know, like that kind of stuff, it's it's going to not look great on me as uh, in a jur with a jury or a judge, you know, so you're going to, but I think that that's what we do anyway. We practice, you know, like we practice. we practice what we, you can watch somebody get up into like the, um, the expert box or whatever the testifying box. And if they're, you know, like in, in one of the counties that I work at the, the chairs don't move. Right. So if they go and try to pull the chair or they can't get in, they've never been there. Like, that's my sign of like, Oh, is this your first time? Okay. Yep. Let's have some fun, you know, but I think it's going to take practice. I think the younger generation may not have the experience of law, but they have the experience of technology. But even in the courts, you know, I was, I think that the courts are going to need, you know, we've kind of converted to audio recording instead of having like a court reporter really typing things all the time. Not all courts are like that, but I can see that the judge has now like a technology person that facilitates those that, you know, because yeah. Zoom, you can have rooms like you, you're doing mediation, you can put yeah. people in rooms, yep. like go talk to your people. Um, so it, it can be, the technology is there. It's just that like, it, where do you see divorce litigation in the future, six months or a year? Do you see them actually changing or do you see them kind of like, oh, let's go back to how it was? I see 50% I see fifty or more being virtual. You know, we've already had judges that would pick up the phone and say, let's have a conference call, which is very similar what we're doing now um, and i'm also very fortunate of our 15 lawyers only three of us are over 50 years old so these young lawyers you know and we we debate internally you know maybe some trade secrets being uh, disclosed here but you know we have this internal debate do we demand that lawyers be in the office and have facetime and they're present or do we look at the hours that they're working and see how much they build and say what do we care if they're getting the work done um and it's not just video it's also your cell phone is your office phone you know phone voip phones get transferred from your office phone to your cell phone. So, you know, we're ready for this. And and people, lawyers are not getting, you know, older, the younger generation is coming in and they're taking over. I don't see how we're going to be able to resist that tidal wave of, you know, why should I drive down to the courthouse and risk getting a flat tire and pay the toll on the highway and get in traffic and pay for gas and charge my client for the travel time? Client, would you rather stay home and turn on your computer at nine o'clock and be ready for the hearing? Or would you rather meet me at 7.30 to make sure we're there on time? And I know you found the courthouse correctly and it's the same courthouse. Yes, there are criminal trials going on in that same courthouse. Do you still want to meet me there or would you rather do it virtually? And, and to take well, it a step further, and we got our own, we're, we're building our own courtroom in our office so that we can have private trials or private Zoom trials to avoid them even when they have to go to court. You know, I mean, it's just, I think the future is getting away from the courthouse, getting away from the in-person appearance at the courthouse. Well, I think that's a that's a good segue because I was like, how do we get prepared to do online divorce? And that is, you know, like during this time of change, I like to call it a time of change. Um, during that's this time sure. of <laughs> change, Absolutely. we've had to internally replicate everything. So we can do this at home. We can do this at work, you know, and 
and we have duplicates of everything. And I think that your idea of kind of replicating the, cause you need, you need no background, you know, like you need everything. I was doing a lot of zoom calls at my home office and I was like, you guys get to see a lot about me here. Yeah. Um, maybe I should stop that, but well, we're still what else system. can we do though? I mean, we're still a legal system. People have, a lot of it is image and, and expectation and people are scared and they get confidence when they come into a lawyer's office who looks like a lawyer and acts like a lawyer and talks like a lawyer and has law books. Now, the truth is I can do just a good job, as good a job thinking about a case sitting on the beach and, and well, maybe not, maybe I'd be a little distracted, but the point is you're lawyers and you're experts and you've got to act like them and you got to feel like them and, and clients have to have confidence in you. So yeah, we can replicate it. I think, you know, virtual backgrounds are still not there yet. I think they're still, they're not perfect, but they'll get there where the virtual background looks like you are really in a courtroom or it looks like you're really in your office. Um, but I agree with you, you have to have a good background. You can't have the dog walking across your lap while you're charging somebody $500 an hour to give them advice. So you still have to do it and do it right. But um, for us, we're gonna have a big courtroom that's gonna have social distancing and have screens. So if somebody can't make it there, their screen will be on the table and it'll look like they're in court with us. So that's sort of what we're doing to be still real, you know, physical office lawyers. That is, that's probably the most brilliant thing that I've heard. Ah. Because, I mean, not during this time, this is all brilliant. Yeah. But that is really like you have to, for the, those of us who are used to trial situations, right? For the young people, they're going to be like, what you guys actually went together, you know, like they're going to yeah. forget about this. But for us, I think having it still simulate, like, cause you get in the zone and you get your mind right. Like, okay, this is, but it's also ease of use. <laughs> We're putting the flags up. We have this, the seal of the great state of Georgia yeah. the platform. The judges uh, bench is raised. So it, it feels the reasons the courtrooms are built formally and make you feel a sense of you better whisper, you better not act up. This is a, a revered place. And you know, this is someone's life and it's harder to negotiate and advocate and litigate about someone's life when everyone's sitting in their living room, maybe in their pajamas. I mean, you, there's gotta be some civility and some um, seriousness to it. So uh, for those cases that require it, you it's need It's efficiency though. I mean, it's efficiency. It's, you know, if we have it set up that we can just come, you sit down, there's a computer there, you know, everything is there. You can easily use it. You're not, oh, I'm pulling my computer from my office and going in, you know, like, if you make it easy for people, I think that's where they're going to be. But yep. also, you know, one of the things that I didn't, I didn't know if you guys were doing a lot of, but what has kept me super busy lately is that even if people were in, and I've seen this start to happen for a while, but, um, you know, I have seen people be more open um, even if they're in litigation, there's a lot of pseudo mediation that we're doing. You know, we're negotiating, we're going back and forth, we're trying to educate, you know, right. on what the reality, if you want a million dollars of maintenance and your husband only makes 200,000, you're not going to get it. You know, like it's educating. Hey, you know but, about my case. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that there's going to be more divorce mediation or um, collaborative divorce as people are going to be more open to it because they don't want to deal no. with the court system. I, mean, I don't want to give this virus any credit and say anything good about it. But the fact that the courts are not allowing final trials yet, and they think a final trial is too much to do by video, 
means people have to use alternative dispute resolution. You have no choice. I mean, it used to be courts are busy. It's expensive. Let's see if mediation might work. Let's push mediation a little bit. Now, I mean, if you want to result fast, if you want to get divorced, and people want to get divorced more often because they want to move on with their life than because they want more money, it's pushing people more into mediation. But it's easier to do mediation. It's easier to schedule it now. I mean, it just, you know, I want to take a lunch break. Okay, I'll be back in five minutes. You know, what not, I'm going to take the elevator, go downstairs, go find, you know, I want to take yeah. a cigarette break. Okay, I'm smoking a cigarette. It's my house. I can smoke a cigarette. It's not courthouse rules. I think mediation is absolutely um, taking leaps and bounds. But again, just like we talked earlier, Melissa, there's something about being in person. And there's some cases that just are not going to work as well by Zoom. You just need that touchy-feely. And sometimes in divorce, what I experience a lot is that sometimes the, the husband or the wife will tell everybody, I want to go talk to my spouse. I don't want anybody else around. It's been 12 hours, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go put my foot down and we're going to get this thing done. And we're going to compromise it. You know, you sort of lose that, although I could put them in a room, mm-hmm. you know, get a room. Mm-hmm. But uh, so there's a balance. There's, you know, nothing's perfect. If, if it was that good and it was perfect, we certainly would have been doing it all before now. So we're wrestling with the cost benefit analysis. And I, I think, you know, like we say, necessity is the mother of invention. If there's no other way to resolve it, but a Zoom mediation, I, I've had that conversation four or five times yeah. in the last two weeks. You got a choice. You can wait until the courts reopen. Or we can try this. Well, and I think there's something, yeah, yeah, there's something to be said about, you know, we know that there's a huge amount of cases that get settled on the courtroom steps. You know, everybody finally gets to that point and they're like, oh, this is serious. I'm going to court. I'm going to finally give on that stupid issue that I had, you know, I had a problem with uh, the dog or something, you know what I'm saying? They're like, okay, this is serious because it is so difficult for clients to go to court, to testify in court. If you've never testified in court or been in that situation, it is terrifying and very difficult emotionally, physically, things like that. Whereas I think that what we will see is, you know, but there's still maybe an outstanding issue. Well, again, you're getting it to the point where one outstanding issue is not that difficult to deal with online, um, on an online trial, as opposed to an entire trial. But I think that this time period has really helped people start to, again, I say they're doing mediation. They're really in litigation. They're just more willing to facilitate. You know, we work for both parties sometimes. This is a great situation because I can get them in the room and say, you know, I know that you think this, but this is the reality. You know, I don't, I'm not for either one of you. It's the reality. Yeah, I mean, Melissa, when you look at it this way, when I talk to my client, your choice is stay married for another six months until this thing passes or do a virtual mediation. I mean, it makes it a little simple. You know, uh, okay, I'd rather get divorced and deal with all the technology. People are terrified of technology. I'd rather wait. I just don't want to do technology. You want to stay married for you want to make you want to stay in the same house because there's no temporary support issue. Okay, I'll try mediation. So people will give in, um, and it'll be shocking. I think, like you said, lawyers are late adopters. It's very rare that lawyers are leading the way in technology. But two, three, four years from now, we're going to say, why did it take a virus to get us here? You know, mm-hmm. this is where we should be. Um, well, we- and you have younger judges. You have, every, you know, everybody's continuing. But um, 
you know, I, I, I think that it will continue to change. I think that what I'm seeing a little bit with clients is just an apprehension for how long they're going to have to wait, you know? And so in the meantime, once they understand that if they came up with a settlement, it's going to be much easier to get that into, you know, read into the court transcripts or anything online now, right. you know, or in the next six months, I think that they would take um, a different decision. But there's a lot of people, and this is, you know, I th uh, maybe one of our last questions, but there's a lot of people that are kind of like, you know, should I wait? Would I get a better situation if I wait? Or should I get it done now? Because I don't know how bad it's going to be. You know, a lot of business owners want to just get divorced right now because they think that this is the worst it could possibly be. Okay. But I don't, you know, I, 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 do you see that? Or do you see people just kind of let's forge ahead? Who cares? Cause we don't like each other. <laughs> I think people are going to just move forward. They're going to have no choice, but to move forward. It's just really, it comes down to the pressure of staying married. They came to us to get them out of this relationship, to get them out of this relationship requires adapting and doing something new. And that's just what they're going to have to do. I don't think there's really much of a choice. I just, yeah. I just don't see an alternative. You know, I, I know that old joke, why is divorce so expensive? Because it's worth it, and it carries some weight and some meaning. There, you know, people want to get to the end, and you know, there are people that have described it as getting out of jail. You know, I joke that I call myself a freedom lawyer sometimes. You know, people say I'm paying you to get me out of jail, and I say, "What'd you do?" And they say, "Well, I just I feel like I'm in jail." You know? <laughs> right. And so, you'll do whatever you can to get out of jail. You'll do whatever you right. can to get out of a miserable situation. And and I don't think the problems presented by new technology are so bad that people would stay in the relationships that they've paid thousands of dollars to a complete stranger to help them get out of it right. just the math doesn't add up it's time to go it's time to leave <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on to valuationpodcast.com um i always enjoy talking to you um we've we've met in the past i've interviewed you in the past for other reasons great. And i miss seeing you at these NACFA seminars and the in-person meetings which we will get back to We'll get back to it. Okay. Well, you have a great, great day and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for having me.